Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sun Nation, welcome to the show on a slightly earlier start time today. Anticipating our first guest, but he is experiencing some technical issues, so I will jump into the show notes real fast. If you are looking for some professional wrestling, Today, you have WCWO at the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana, 1151 South Kentucky Avenue, FGW in Hamilton, Ohio, CCW in Kissimmee, Florida, CPW in West Haven, Connecticut, SOS in Tacoma, Washington, and POW in Eugene, Oregon. Tomorrow night. Combat Pro Wrestling presents Theatrical Wrestling in Arlington, Washington. Northwest Pro, where you can find myself and Chicken Bob in Vaughn, Washington. Emerge in Columbus, Indiana. ECW in Dixon, Tennessee. NAWA in Buxton, Maine. Portland Lucha Libre in Gresham, Oregon. Blood, Sweat, and Fears 4 in Melbourne, Florida. 907 Pro Wrestling in Anchorage, Alaska, Supreme Wrestling in Madison, Indiana, and DPW happening in Jeffersonville, Indiana. So if you have some pro wrestling near you, get out there and support your local independents. Always a great time out there on the independents. Lots of great wrestling out there, so get out and support, support, support wherever you can. Our guest today, like I said, a little bit derailed. We might have our second guest on a bit early. But while I attempt to track down our first guest, we will go into a brief musical interlude. That's right, everybody. You know who it is. Mike Jones, I'm the coach with the most Coming at you hard from coast to coast I don't want to boast But now I gotta roast you in my social media posts You double dose, undiagnosed You feeling tired, life inspired, now you're a ghost I'll be your host, so won't you raise a toast To the coach with the most, Coach Mike Jones Coach Mike Jones, now scream! 
Arlington, Washington, Northwest Pro, where you can find myself and Chicken Bob in Vaughn, Washington, Emerge in Columbus, Indiana, ECW in Dixon, Tennessee, NAWA in Buxton, Maine for a benefit, Portland Lucha Libre in Gresham, Oregon, Blood, Sweat, and Fears 4 in Melbourne, Florida, 907 Pro in Anchorage, Alaska, Supreme happening in Madison, Indiana, and DPW in Jeffersonville, Indiana at the arena. Without further ado, our guest has joined us, and I want to welcome him on. Speaking of combat pro wrestling, presenting theatrical wrestling tomorrow in Arlington, Washington, one of the people that you will find on that show, good son, Andrew Michelson, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited. Well, it is your first time with us, and so, as is tradition here on this program, I will start you off with a traditional first-timer question. Mm -hmm. How did you get into this crazy business of professional wrestling? Uh, It's kind of funny. So, I started when I was three years old. Uh, It was uh, 1999. My first match I ever watched was um, Stone Cold, Steve Austin versus Undertaker in a Buried Alive match hooked me on. Um, I've loved it since. And then at the age of 16, I started wrestling in Spokane, um, backyard, of course, you know, the, how normal people start, I guess, <laughs> nowadays. Um, and since then, I've just been hooked. I got caught the bug, and I've been uh, in the business for 11 years now, loved it ever since. And, um, you know, I've grown from being in the backyard to now I'm with CPW. I've wrestled uh, for multiple different companies and just enjoyed the ride. Now, the fans listening today that aren't familiar with the uh, state of Washington, Spokane is on the other side of the state than where most independent wrestling is. It's around a five-hour drive from Spokane to Seattle, Tacoma. Yes. When you were breaking in, there was not much going on in Spokane. It's a different situation now. But when you broke in in Spokane, how hard was it to find not only shows to wrestle upon, but just training in general in that area? Um, It was actually really hard. Um, I was lucky enough, the only reason I even actually got into Spokane is one of my friends uh, actually had a friend that was uh, worked for a company in Spokane, uh, told me to hit them up and everything. And so I hit them up and got uh, involved with that. Training was still very hard because, you know, we were, we again, we started in the backyard. There wasn't a lot of places to train. So we had to go with, you know, weather-wise. So if it was pouring rain, we weren't always able to train, you know, or, you know, during the winter we were not able to do anything until we finally got uh, – somewhat indoor building we were able to do here and there, but we were still, training was very limited here, sadly, because there wasn't a lot when I started. Now, in Spokane, they've changed quite a bit in the last five years or so. You have Relentless Wrestling doing fairly well over there. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a few other shows. Northwest Pro has ventured over there. On a few occasions, yeah. WWE occasionally steps in there, so there is more wrestling happening there 
in the last couple of years than there had previous to that. What do you think of the growth of that area as far as wrestling goes? So I'm I'm glad to see it grow because um, I you know like I said originally there was really there was one company and it was very underground company and most if if you didn't know someone who knew about it you really didn't know about it so it's nice to see the growth and see that it's actually expanding in Spokane um, to finally see that you know wrestling is expanding in such a it's not a small town but it's not a big town either. So to finally see it grow, I love seeing that. Like I'm, I'm a very advocate. I love seeing the growth in wrestling. I love seeing people do their thing, and um, so the fact that seeing the growth in the in the, and like in the last five or so years, it's great to see seeing that even uh, like you said, Northwest Pro uh, venturing out to Spokane has always been cool to see um, other companies growing. You know some. Sadly, some companies have died out. Some have grown. You know, it just—it depends on how everything goes. But to see the growth is always awesome to see. Now, you ventured over to the western side of the state, where there is a lot more wrestling happening. There are several companies on a given week. You can find two or three shows in western Washington. You gravitated, of course, like I said, to combat pro wrestling. What made you look over on this side of the state to continue in your career? Actually, it's kind of funny. So, originally, um, so I'm Team Yvonne for Combat Pro. Um, She's my wrestling mom. She's my mama. She's, you know, she's been there from day one with me. Um, I've been with Combat Pro since almost day one. She actually found me. Um, she was originally coming to Spokane to look up uh, and see and uh, see Rook Kelly, and uh, actually, kind of funny story is me and Rook Kelly just ended up being roommates at the time, and so um, she saw me. Uh, there was something about me she really liked, and so she told Rook uh, to, um, you know, bring me over. And from then on, I've been just with Combat Pro. Once COVID hit. Obviously, I wasn't able to travel all over there at the time, so I had to take a little break from uh, Combat Pro. But since then, I've been once I was able, uh, I came back to January of this year, and I've been going on since. So it was kind of funny, like it was kind of just a lucky coincidence that my at the time roommate they were coming to look at him and found me, and I just I fell in love with Combat Pro. Um, Yvonne has been one of my biggest supporters. Um, she, uh, she has been there, you know, she has given me a great start. She didn't, um, you know, she hasn't held me back. She has let me grow. And, uh, so that's why I've always been with Combat Pro is because they're very big about giving everyone an opportunity if they're worth their time. Speaking of Yvonne, the fans of Combat Pro Wrestling know that, the company is basically divided into two camps. You're either Team Jeff or you're Team Yvonne. There's not yeah. a lot of in-between within the company. How did you get involved into that aspect of the company? I know everybody has their own story as to how they pick sides and so forth. Yeah. Um, so, again, like I said, uh, 
I guess with the team, uh, Yvonne, I was basically, I'm her son. I am one of the, you know, three sons, actually, that, and we'll, I'll get into that in a second. Um, I just, she's been like a mom to me. She has been there for me through through and through. Um, there's a reason I'm called the good son. I have been, uh, you know, I'll always have her back. So basically, because she was like a mom to me, and she is, you know, I call her mama, um, there is actually a funny story behind that is my real mom and my wrestling mom actually have the same name and it's kind of funny. So, um, so that kind of helped too is because basically her and my actual mom are the same person. I chose her because I just gravitated toward her because she's been there for me. She has had all my support. Uh, she has supported me and everything. She has never tried to hold me back and, and then, like I said, she's so much like my real mom that I just, I gravitated, and that's how I joined Team Yvonne, and uh, it's just been kind of a ride since, and, uh, well, Jeff's just, Jeff's Jeff, <laughs> and I don't like the what he, you know, his team, you know, uh, people were, you know, last show, I was really one of the only Team Yvonne members there, other than, uh, mama and spoiled princess who is my manager uh i was the only one there and team jeff took advantage of that and thought they needed to jump me well i'm a very big thing on bullies don't prosper and i don't quit so you got they're going to keep trying to come after me while well, i'm going to keep coming after them and i'm not going to join a team of bullies i'm not that's not how i go i'm i'm very big on you should be able to fight your own battles one-on-one and if you have to take a whole take a whole team to beat down one guy that shows me you guys are cowards and I don't want to, you know, be with those people. Uh, we've seen people switch sides in this war. We have seen people leave for whatever reason and go to the other camp. Sometimes they've switched sides a couple of times. Have you ever yeah. been approached by Jeff or anyone in his team to make that jump, or do they leave you alone knowing that the son's not going to leave the mom? Um, well, right now, my two little brothers, they're kind of trying to convince me to come to, quote-unquote, the dark side, and I've told them straight up, like, it's not going to work. I, you know, Tomcat uh, and Cody, those are my two little brothers because I am the oldest, they are, you know, they're trying to, I wouldn't necessarily, they're completely Team Jeff, but they're, whatever they are, they've tried to turn me, and I've told them straight up that's never going to happen. I am the good son for a reason. I am I will stick by mom's side. Um, Jeff has kind of tried to coax me because I think, you know, and I think that's part of, like, him, me getting jumped because, um, you know, like you said, people have changed, you know, from side to side. Well, one person changed sides because he got a beat down and no one was there to help him. Well, mine is I'm not going to switch sides just because I'm getting jumped. Um, you know, circumstances happen where maybe the whole team can't always be there. I understand that. So you guys can keep fighting, but, again, I'm not going to go with bullies who have to jump one person to try to get ahead of the game where I'm still standing here. So you can try to coax me no matter what, but I will always be Team Yvonne no matter what because at the end of the day, 
she has always been behind me and had my back where what has Team Jess ever done for me? You mentioned her a moment ago, but the spoiled princess has come into your career in the last few months. Yes. She's done her best to protect you from the attacks, but obviously she's not only new to the business, uh, she is still outnumbered when it comes to the Team Jeff members usually. Yeah. How did you come to have the spoiled princess by your side? Well, so it's kind of a, a funny story. With the spoiled princess, um, like Mama said, it's her stepdaughter. Well, I have to have backup when Mama can't be there, so Mom actually, Mama actually chose her to be by my side because at the end of the day, the one thing is I've always said is no one's going to touch Mama, no one's going to touch the spoiled princess. So if I have to stand in front of both of them and get my butt whooped, I'll I'll take the beating. But Mom also has um, – she put her by my side because Spoiled Princess also is uh, – she can be very sneaky and hear things that she might not have been supposed to hear, hence why the show uh, right before the end of, Stampede, uh, end of Summer Stampede, she was the one that actually told me that Cody – was going to be the special guest referee in me and Tom Katz match for the family championship. And so mama noticed that and she's like, huh? So she has my back to be my eyes and ears when mama and I can't. So that's basically kind of her role is to be the backup when mama's not there. Now the feud you have been having with Tom Cat and Cody got ugly at the most recent show at the Merkwood in Arlington, you were jumped not only by your opponent and the guest referee and members of Team Jeff, it saw Tomcat and Cody get suspended for their actions. What do you think of the penalties they received from Yvonne at the end of last show? Um, I think it's it's justifiably uh, served. Um, don't get me wrong. I wish I could have gotten my hands on them and, you know, dealt my own punishment to them. But I know in due time I will get my chance to. But be, it wasn't just because of the last show at Markwood. There was a, a show before uh, at, uh, up in uh, Port Orchard called the End of Summer Stampede, which, where I actually uh, went after the um, family championship that Tomcat holds. Cody was the special guest referee, and both of them not only did everything possible to make sure I didn't get that belt, Cody answered a phone call during a match, which, as you know, what ref answers a phone call? Don't think that's really professional. Um, and then not only that, he hit me with powder. He slow counted me. You know, everything he could do to make sure I didn't win, he did. And then after that, they both hit me in the head with multiple titles, uh, they each have a version of their own belt. They both hit me in the head with it, and then Cody pedigreed me on it, and then Tomcat face uh, bashed me. So Mom already was not happy with that outcome. Then to have the next show at the Merkwood, um, the Pajama Slam, for them both to try to hit me again with the title belt, Mom wasn't done because it's not – she was done seeing the good son get beat up when it's not – when I don't have someone else, you know, 
So that's why I do think it's justifiably that they got suspended, you know, because there's only so much you can do. Uh, Speaking of the pajama slam, it's not very often that everyone on the show shows up in their pajamas to compete. I even officiated the show in pajamas. (laughs) As a wrestler that normally wrestles in the traditional tights and boots and so forth, was it hard to make the adjustment wrestling in something different, or did you have an easy enough time making the transition? Um, I will say it was definitely not as easy because uh, I was wearing a Mewtwo onesie, and I swear it was, you know, in the Merkwood, it's kind of hot because it is a small area. I was at least 100 degrees, so definitely harder to adapt to that because I was sweating. I was trying to, you know, but it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be, but it definitely wasn't easy either. It was kind of an in-between where it's like, okay, kind of adapt to where I can go, but also like I said, I was pouring sweat. I was trying to get through, but like it wasn't normal movement because it was a little bit baggier of a onesie. So I'm trying to make normal movements that I would normally do, but wait, I'm, you know, my, my movement's a little bit different than, because like I said, normally I just wear my tights, kick pads and stuff and go from there where I was fully clothed, basically almost a full body suit kind of restricted me a little. During end of the match, had you gone out and trained wearing the bodysuit, or did you go into the match and that was the first time wearing it where you had to actually wrestle in it? Um, I, I wore it a couple times, but never really got as much movement as I would have liked to get with it. So when I went out there, that was the first time like actually were wearing it in a typical match form. Fair enough. Now, tomorrow, as I said, there is a show back at the Merkwood in Arlington, and you will be wrestling Cyrus on that show. The two of you had some heated words towards one another at the end of the last show. Cyrus has been in CPW for a few months now. What do you think of what he has been doing at CPW. So, I have actually been his main opponent in CPW, and I will say, I have, I'll give credit where credit's due. He, uh, he is a good, you know, he's a hard worker, he's a hard fighter. I don't like necessarily all his actions, because again, our last match, he had to take the low road and low blow me to win the, well, I technically won, um, but you know, I'll give him credit where credit's due. Do he's given me a hard uh, fight? You know, um, he's not a easy opponent, and I don't think anyone should look past him. I'm not. Um, our, our match uh, coming up next, tomorrow is actually going to be an I quit match again, showing that I'm I'm going to show again I don't quit. Um, I know he's going to you know try to beat the living hell out of me, um, just as I'm going to do the same. Um, I think horror business is a good name for it because it's going to end up looking like a horror show at the end of it because we're both going to not you know I'm going to give it all I, I've always said you know I live by seven words to beat me is to kill me so he might have to do that to beat me because uh, I ain't going to quit but I do I am impressed with his work I think he's definitely got potential um, he just again chose the wrong side and he chose the wrong team 
and I'm going to show him that because at the end of the day, when you call out Mama, you get the good son, and I think he'd rather have the good son than Mama's big protection, uh, big sin, because uh, even he, that man scares me. Um, you know, uh, I respect him uh, and uh, as a worker because you put, he's putting in the work, but at the end of the day, the good son's got to do what he's got to do, and I'm going to show why I'm the good son. And with someone like Cyrus that uh, you've competed against a few times, and he seems to be improving every match out there from what I can tell, do you feel like at this point you've sort of got a hold of what he can do and what he brings to the table? Or do you think you're still in that filling out process of trying to really understand what he's all about as a wrestler? So I I do feel like I still have some filling out because, um, you know, I've always, I've said this before, is I adapt to what comes to me, and he's changed up here and there. Like, even from the first match I had with him to the second match, he pulled out moves in the second match that I didn't know he could do. So um, not necessarily that I didn't know he could do, but I didn't know he did. So I I'm always one that I think you have to adapt to every opponent because that that you might get one opponent, the um one person one way but it might be a completely different person the next because me I um if you've watched um what I've done or anything uh I could one day I might be facing like okay uh last show the first match I had I faced Luis he's a brawler he's an outright brute I had to adapt to come to what his style was but say, like, Tomcat, he's a smaller guy. I'm more of the, you know, I'm technically bigger, so I'm going to use my power against him. Where Louise, I use speed. Same with Cyrus. Cyrus is a little bit bigger than me. I got to use speed. So I do feel like there's still a lot of filling out process because we've only had two matches. 100% know everything he's going to do. And now, with this I Quit match, it's going to be a brawl. It's going to be a fight. So there might be something he pulls out that I'm not expecting. Just like I, the same though. He needs to not, you know. You got the the same is you always have to expect the unexpected. Well, I'm expecting the unexpected from him. He might pull out, you know, a two by four wrapped in barbed wire. I don't know what he's gonna pull out. He might pull out bottles. He might pull, you know, he's very flashy. He's definitely got the money, so he could go spend money and buy, you know, uh, whatever he needs, you know. So I definitely think there's a lot of filling out for Cyrus, but I do know what I'm capable of, and I'm I'm actually kind of excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. One of the more unfortunate aspects of our business is that if you're in it for very long, you will be injured at some point, whether it's something minor or something more serious that takes you out for a while, but injuries are a natural part of professional wrestling. At this stage in your career, being 11 years into it, what are some of the injuries you've had to overcome? Um, So a couple of them actually, uh, one of my worst injuries actually was during a match I had both my knees dislocate at the same time. And that wasn't fun. Um, I had to put them back into place during the match, and I finished the match um, I've also had during one match, both, uh, two of my, my two middle fingers on my left hand, which 
I'm also left-handed, so that tells you how much I had to adapt to that. Um, broke them during a match, and then I've had a few, you know, minor concussions here and there. Um, those are probably the worst I've had, luckily. I haven't gone, you know, anything that's kept me out for months, but I definitely have been, you know, at least a couple weeks out where with my knees I had to let them, you know, heal pro- pro- properly. I, You know, I missed a couple shows because um, – and this was when we were doing shows like – almost once a week in Spokane. So I am. I was like, I got to at least take three weeks off because I had to let them fully heal. Um, I had to go do uh, physical therapy and stuff. So that's probably been my worst was the, my dislocated knees. One of the things that is similar to that is most wrestlers at some time or another will experience being busted open during the course of a match, whether it's from a punch or an elbow or your head on the post, being hit with an object, whatever it is, usually at some point you will bleed during the course of a career. Blood is something that's been sort of a hot-button topic within wrestling in the last few years because of what we have learned out of the medical field with bloodborne pathogens, but there are still people out there that think blood is fine on every show, and some people think every single match. Some people think it should be used very sparingly in certain circumstances. Other people want no part of blood at all in the course of a wrestling show. Where do you stand on the topic of blood as it relates to pro wrestling here in 2023? So um, I am one that I, you know, obviously I grew up with the attitude era where there was constant blood. I grew up in EC, with ECW where there was blood, blood, blood. And I think it's so overdone that you don't, again, I don't think you need blood in every match. I think if it calls for it, like um, there is definitely times where it, it can amp up the match if it's depending on the match. Um, if you get busted open the hard way, that's one thing. It happens, um, you know, because it's it, blood happens. It's not like it doesn't happen. But I don't think it needs to be in every match. Um, like even because even with ECW, um, especially, you know, like you said, what we know with the bloodborne pathogens and stuff is blood is such a risky thing. It could, you know – you never know what could happen. Hopefully, as a wrestler and everything, you're getting your blood test, you're getting everything done. So if, you know, it does happen where blood happens and, you know, both opponents are bleeding and the blood can mix, hopefully, you know, you know you're safe. You know you don't have any diseases because at the end of the day, it's really messed up if you would know you have a disease and you're passing it on to someone. I don't think um, – I don't again I don't think blood is a necessarily a needed thing all the time. If it helps the match, um, then it's fine, but it doesn't always need to be done. Al, have you personally at this point in time ever bled during the course of one of your matches? Um, I have been uh yes, a couple times I've had my uh lip and my nose busted a couple times. Fair enough. One of the ways that 
a lot of shows will deal with blood is here in Washington we have an athletic commission like a lot of states do, some do not, and the state of Washington requires a physical which includes blood work to screen for a few different blood-borne pathogens. So everybody knows going in if someone has those or not. So some promotions in Washington uh, do not uh, wrestle under the auspices of the Athletic Commission. There are uh, ways to wrestle in Washington without being required to be under the commission's directives. But in a general sense, do you think that athletic commissions, as it relates to pro wrestling, are a good thing, or do you think that they're too restrictive, not restrictive enough? Um, I, for the most part, they are a good thing. Uh, certain restrictions, like, again, with blood and everything, I do think it definitely should be more restricted. It should be... Um, uh, very monitored because there are so many easy blood uh, transferred diseases, you know, hepatitis, all that. So I think that definitely should be a big thing. I think everyone, again, like I said, I think everyone should have their blood test done. If you do have a disease, you should, and you know it, that is blood transferred. You should be willing to admit, hey, I can't do anything where there's blood. Not saying, hey, you need to stop wrestling completely. But if you see blood or you know that you're going to just be like, I can't do that, um, I do think uh, having, you know, proper insurance is a good thing because you never know what could happen. Injuries, like you said, they happen at any time. You can – it, this sport is not an easy sport. It's not an easy thing. Injuries happen any moment. Um, my fingers being broken, I literally got thrown out of the ring and landed wrong. No one's fault but my own. I landed wrong. It was my own doing. But it is good to have certain restrictions. I do think there are some that are a little bit overboard, but I do think the blood insurance, having proper licensing is good because it saves everyone in the long run because i rather know that I'm protected if something happens than not. So I do think there is good things with the restrictions. We have hit the portion of the show where we have a game that we like to play here. We call it word association. It's a bit of a psychological test type of game. All throughout the names of some people that you most likely have come into contact with in your career, first name or two that pops to mind is the answer. Are you ready for some word association? Yep, I'm ready. Here we go. First name, T-Rex. Amazing ref, Hall of Fame ref. John Davidson. Psycho. Tomcat Jones. Pain of the ass, little brother. Sunny Days. Uh, one of the best female wrestlers around right now. DJ Edwards. Very athletic, uh, good high flyer. Jason. Big, scary man. Christopher Isaac. Body. Real deal Rashad Tyson. Very amazing up-and-comer. Very proud of him. Uh, Golden guy. Uh, 
J.B. Moonshine. Alcoholic. Last name on the list, John Rodriguez. One of the best in the grappling division. Uh, very, very uh, amazing grappler, I guess, is the best one thing I can say. Well, you have been focused primarily in the singles division at CPW, and you've been in the mix for the family championship. For the people unfamiliar, can you explain what the family championship actually is and what the division's all about? So the family championship is exactly what it sounds like. It's family fighting for family. Um, Cody uh, Campbell, uh, my littlest brother, brought in his title to show that family means a lot, and eventually it started as him and Tom Cat feuding for it because, you know, little, you know, brothers fight, families fight. So the family division was showing that we're there for each other from what, for what I believe it is, is the family division is, yes, we're there for each other, but eventually everyone wants a, a, a chance to have gold. And for me, I've, I went after the family title because I always thought the family title should stay in the family, which is me, Tom, Cat, Cody, you know, the brothers. And so that's why I challenged Tom Cat because also uh, Tom Cat is in a very, like I said, he's a painly-ass little brother, but he's a very talented person. And, I've, you know, I, um, I've had an amazing match with him at Ennis Stampede, even though with the shenanigans. Um, and he is very, he's up and coming just like, you know, I don't want to say up and coming. He's been in it for a while, but he's definitely showing more potential every show and every day. And that's why I wanted to face him because, again, obviously, you know, I want to eventually hold gold in CPW, and I wanted the family title to stay in the family. So the belt is something that it means a lot to me because it's family. And that's why uh, the division means a lot to me too is because it's something that – it's a division that wore me – and everyone, me, Tomcat, Cody, we're trying to grow as showing that we're not just around just to be around. We mean something. So that's what that means to me. CPW, in addition to having the family championship, they also have several other divisions. One of them, like we referenced, is the grappling division, which is a hybrid of professional wrestling with amateur wrestling with a little bit of MMA influence in it. It's a very yep. unique type of division. I know you've dabbled in that a time or two. What do you think of the grappling division and how it relates to CPW currently? Well, the, cra- uh, the grappling division is one that I uh, I know Mama holds it very near to the, her heart, um, especially who the grappling division is now named after, Sonny O'Mare. Sonny was an amazing person. He was he was the grappling division. He was at heart for me. He was the one that, when you think of grappling, you thought of him, John, hate to say it, even Jeff. Those three were the, the hearts and souls of the grappling division. So I, for myself, am very... I love the grappling. I love amateur. I've always loved amateur. You know, some of my favorite uh, wrestlers were Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin, very well-known amateur uh, wrestlers. 
So I love the fact that you put the mixture of both. It's a good, it's an amazing hybrid. Um, the belt obviously means a lot because it is a memorial to Sonny who, you know, we lost way too soon. Sonny, you know, he was an amazing guy. Um, he said a lot without having to say anything because if most people don't know, Sonny actually could not talk. Um, but I'm a very big actions speak louder than words and his actions speak louder than anyone. And, so the grappling division for me, because it means so much to Mama, means a lot to me, but it also means a lot because of Sunny. So I love the fact that we have the grappling. It's definitely a division that once I'm done with the family, and you know further down, once I would love to you know dabble in it again. Um, I faced John, and like I said he is such an amazing grappler. It, there's a reason he has that belt. It's not just because you know he doesn't deserve it. I would love to dabble and face him again because. He definitely wouldn't, especially in the grappling, he brings the best out of you. So I I do love the hybrid. I've always been a fan of, like I said, of amateur MMA stuff. So to be able to have both, is, it's an amazing division. There also is the tag team division. Christopher Rizek and TKO Cody currently hold the tag team titles. Yeah, I know with the feud going on between the brothers, it may not be a priority for you or something you've considered much, but would you eventually like to form a tag team and go after the tag team titles? Um, I've thought about it. Um, I definitely think there is potential there. Um, I have been a tag team champion before in different companies. Um, I would love to eventually, you know, I do, I've always enjoyed tag team wrestling. Um, I would love to venture out. It's just finding the right partner. I have a couple um, people in mind that I would love to be a tag team with. Um, one of them being my little brother, um, Tomcat. If he can, you know, if hopefully I can bring him back to the good side, um, you know, I would love to tag with him. I think we would make great tag team champions. I'm a great up-and-comer, uh, Ashton uh, Sowers. He is, you know, the toughest theater kid you know, and, he lives by that moniker, and I'll give it to him. He is an amazing worker. Um, I think I, me and him would make a great tag team, and there's a few others. It just when time comes to it, you know, it's, it's always time will tell. So it just really depends on, you know, everything that happens. Uh, Christopher Rizek is one of the more experienced people on the roster at Combat Pro. He has been around since the mid-2000s. He's wrestled pretty much everyone there is to wrestle in the Northwest, from the youngest of rookies to the most seasoned veteran. He's wrestled everywhere and against everybody pretty much. Do you foresee a time when it's going to be yourself versus Ryzik? Um, I mean, I would definitely welcome it. Um, like I said, I always like to push myself. I think that would be a very strong test of my will and test of my ability. Um, Ryzik is a phenomenal worker. He, um, I, I really don't have a bad thing to say about him other than the fact that, uh, maybe lay off the spray tan. But other than that, I do, I would welcome it. I would love to face him. I think he would, you know, uh, you can't get better unless you face better. 
and I would love to eventually face him. I think um, it would be a great match, and I know he would bring the best out of me, and I would welcome it. I would love to uh, face him, especially just the knowledge I know he has. Um, that might, you know, it might be me getting my butt kicked, but it eventually will bring out the best of me because it will bring out more of what I know I need to do now. So I would love to face Ryzik. It's one match I wouldn't mind. Um, I did his fitness challenge in CPW one time, had a drink and egg, which I don't know why people, it's not as bad as you would think, um, but he did take a cheap shot after after I won the pose down and everything. He kicked me straight in the face. So there's still a little animosity for that. So, you know, when time comes, I wouldn't mind facing Ryzik. Give him a little come up, come up and for kicking me in the face, you know, when I wasn't looking. Ryzik was originally teaming with Diafula Debashi as the tag team champions. Unfortunately, Debashi suffered a fairly serious injury and was unable to commit to defending the titles with Ryzik, so CPW allowed a substitute partner, which ended up being TKO Cody out of Canada. Yeah. TKO Cody is a great tag team wrestler. He and I recently teamed up as the Canadians just recently, and he's been uh, going more places within the Pacific Northwest lately. What do you think of the switch going from Bashi to Cody? Do you keep an eye on what's happening there in case you decide to go after the tag team titles? Um, it's definitely a, a different switch because Nabashi uh, uh, and Cody have definitely different styles. Um, I've been kind of paying attention more and more. Uh, Cody definitely has, you know, there's a reason he's named TKO. He has that brawling style. So um, I definitely have been watching to see what would need to be done. So I definitely think um, it will be different. Uh, the switch is definitely something that I don't think a lot of people expected going from Debashi to Cody because it's, it's, it's way different. Um, so it's definitely something that I'd have to adapt to. Um, whoever my partner is, we'd have to adapt to. But I do think there is something there that we could figure out how to beat them because one thing I do notice is I watch and see what their tactics are, and they definitely – Cody's favorite tactic to, is to say something about his hair, even though he's bald. So I can, you know, take that in advantage. Um, so I definitely watch and learn. And um, So I definitely think there is something there I could figure out. For a lot of wrestlers, one of the goals is getting to go international with their career, going to countries outside of their natural home country, whether it is Mexico or Japan or England. Some people dream of going to the Middle East and wrestling in Kuwait or Iraq. Have you thought much of traveling internationally for your career? Um, I have. Um, my dream, uh, you know, I have a little bucket list, I won't lie. Um, is Japan. I would love to go there. I've always loved the Japanese culture. I've always loved Japanese wrestling. So Japan is my main goal. Um, if I had another choice, it'd probably be Canada or Mexico. Those are definitely ones I would love to do. And so it just really, you know, when the time comes, 
and if, if it's available. But Jap- Japan is my number one because of just everything. Like I said, I love the culture. I've always been into the culture. Um, you know, my tattoo, one of my tattoos alone, I have a whole Dragon Ball Z arm shows how much I, I've loved the anime. I love Japanese uh, Japanese wrestling. I love Japanese food. You know, you name it, I love anything ja- uh, Japanese. Um, so um, I would love to do Jap- Japan. That is definitely my number one. And then either Canada or Mexico. Um, England, I do believe, would be fun. Uh, Middle East would be fun. But if I had a choice, um, if, like, I had a choice between them, Japan would be number one. How long do you think it would be from the time you touched down in Japan until the time you had your hands on one of those Ribera Steakhouse jackets? Uh, maybe two, three hours. I want one so bad. I don't know why. They're just, they're, I want one. <laughs> I mean, it's the minute a minute I could get one, I get it. So I definitely get it. Mm-hmm. Um, for yeah, the those, fans the that have it. not been to a CPW show lately or even ever, in the last few months since CPW came back into running live shows, a lot of the shows have been at the Merkwood in Arlington, Washington, where the ring does not fit, so the matches are held on a stage on mats as opposed to the traditional wrestling ring. Yeah. A lot of people took to this without any real trouble at all. Some people took a while to adapt to it. Some people are still trying to adapt to it. How did you find wrestling this way as opposed to in the traditional ring? Um, it, it is a lot different. There's less room, so um, you got to adapt to that. There's no rope, so anything you would normally do, like it did take a little bit of my offense off. Uh, you know, I had to change up my finisher a little bit because of being on a stage. Um, which was fine. I actually, the I do my swinging neck breaker now. It look it's devastating. I was able to. I think it was a little bit easier for me to adapt because again, I started in the backyard, and the first ring I was on, like the first ring I ever wrestled in, was two by fours, plywood, and tires. So, and uh, like maybe an inch or two of carpet padding. So. The pain of it all, I was used to. I was used to landing on something hard and uh, working more to the crowd than, you know, just bouncing off for it all the time because, you know, the ring wasn't meant for big bumps all the time. It wasn't meant for, you know, crazy things all the time. So I think I was lucky enough to weirdly start the way I did. So I was able to adapt to the stage where, you know, it is smaller. It is more of doing, you know, you don't need necessarily always the big things, but making it look, you know, making it look pop, making it, you know, making the crowd see what you're doing. And it is a lot of, you know, working the crowd. And as a good guy, I can work the crowd by getting, even just getting my butt kicked because, you know, you know, it's, it's fine. I'm, you know, I'm working the crowd, like give me more power, you know, kind of, you know, it's going to be, you know, you know, you work again, making a, you know, anime thing. Um, references, you know, I'm kind of the Goku of always asking, you know, I need your power to give me power. That's kind of what I do with the crowd. Um, so I definitely, I enjoy the stage because it does give me a little bit more to give into. 
Um, don't get me wrong, working in a ring is definitely more ideal for everyone, but I was able to adapt because of how I started, and I think that kind of benefited my for me. Um, most wrestlers have a favorite actual physical ring where they wrestle. Uh, some people like the plank, some people like the ring to be a little bit firmer, some people like it to have more bounce, some people like real ropes, others like the cables. There's a lot of variances, and that leads to a lot of people having different opinions on pretty much every single ring you'll have. Do you have that one physical ring that you've worked in that is your favorite? Um, I don't have a one but I will admit I prefer the taller ones over, like, the low boys. I just, uh, for some reason, there's something for me there that is, like, a taller ring gives me a little bit more for some reason. Um, but I don't have one specific ring. Um, you know, I the ring we worked at, uh, we used at uh, End of Summer Stampede. Loved that ring. It was great. Um, a couple of the rings we've used in Spokane were great. But I don't have one specific, but I will say I prefer taller over lower. What would you say has been the tallest ring in which you've worked? I want to say it was about uh, probably the end of Summer Stampede one. I can't – I'm not necessarily sure how, like, above the floor, but that was probably the tallest. Uh, I think the smallest – the shortest ring I've worked in was the one at Strawberry Fest. Speaking of Strawberry Fest, CPW this year has presented a few outdoor shows, and outdoor shows can present a different set of circumstances and different problems from an indoor show. Uh, There's usually uh, variances as far as the accommodations and where you have to make the entrance. There's all types of things that can happen on an outdoor show that you would not see on an indoor show and vice versa, of course. Do you personally like doing the outdoor shows or would you rather wrestle indoors whenever possible? Um, I definitely prefer uh, indoor um, just because, like I said, the variants are a lot easier to deal with. Like when it comes to making the entrances a little bit easier to figure out how to do it where – Outdoor, you have to, you know, you might need to move over one area to be able to make the entrance, or it might be a little different. Um, Where indoor, especially if you're at the same venue, you know your setup every time. Where if you change the outdoor all the time, it might be different. Or even on the outdoor, you might not have all the power to be able to do, you know, the music or the sound. So it might change how your entrance, where most of the time, nine times out of ten, if you're indoor, you have power to do um the entrance, the sound, all that. So I definitely would prefer to be inside. I don't mind working outside, um, but if I had a choice, i definitely choose inside over outside. One of the things on independent wrestling that is very true is that production values can vary tremendously. Some promotions will put a lot of money into the production end of things. Other companies 
look bare bones, look like an independent. Uh, so you may have a video wall, you may not. You may have guardrails, you may not. You may have a professionally made ring apron skirts. You may have professionally done entranceways. As someone looking at the business end of the wrestling business, do you think that at the independent level it's more important to have the money dedicated into the production end of things, or do you think that it's more important to have the money put into the actual wrestling end of things? Um, so I'm kind of I, I'm I think it's fifty fifty because if you don't have good wrestling and you and the matches are just not good, no one's gonna want to come back. But you can also because you can have great productions and the matches look tor- terrible. But also it can be vice versa. The matches look great, but if the production's not there, it can look bad too, you know. If the sound's wonky where things are echoing while people are trying to uh, cut a promo or, you know, the lighting's off while someone's trying to make their entrance or the music is, you know, scratchy or screechy while someone's making their entrance, that can hinder it because now it might bring the crowd out of the match because, oh, that that production sounded bad. Or, you know, if, if it doesn't look you know, as good, someone might be like, well, that looks silly. Why do I care? So I think if, I think honestly you should equally divide it. I think you should put money into production, but also you need to care about the wrestling because at the end of the day, most people are there to see the wrestling. You know, if it's not good, you know, why are you going to care? You know, I've seen amazing production on an independent show, but the matches were so bad, I couldn't watch the show. But I've also seen the you know the flip side of it where the production was meh but the matches were so good it was worth watching the show so i think it depends it really just if you put in the effort to both you'll have i think you'll have a good show one of the aspects of pro wrestling that oftentimes gets overlooked both by the fans but oftentimes by the people within the industry even is the ring announcer. The ring announcer is the face of the company. He is the person directing people to where to go so they can spend money to keep the business in business. He is the person that, rightly or wrongly, a lot of fans see as the authority figure that can change the outcomes of things. They're an integral part of the success of a show and sometimes they are the cause of a failure of a show if you have a bad ring announcer. Who are some of the better ring announcers out there that you think deserves more credit? Um, well, I'll say right now the best ring announcer out there is Dimitri. Um, he he has a voice that is amazing. He he does he's very good at pointing out, hey, uh, you know, one of the best things, like you said, is he, when it comes to CPW, when we have intermission or anything, he's like, go to the merch table. He does point people out. Um, I think he is the best. Um, he is by far my favorite ring announcer uh, in the independence. Um, when it comes to professional, uh, Justin Roberts is one of my favorites. Uh, he's AEW. Um, I really like Lillian Garcia. Sadly, I don't know a lot of independent uh, ring announcers right now, but if I had a choice, I would always choose Dimitri. He is, one, an amazing guy. He's 
you know, he is very happy-go-lucky. He's never had is in a bad mood. He uh, his voice is just very recognizable, very amazing. Um, I mean, you can't go wrong with that hair, and uh, he just is always spot on. Um, he always he's very professional. He makes sure he has everything you want him to say written down. He will. I've. I mean, I guarantee if you had had him, uh, you know, a ten. I uh, don't no, not ten paragraph, but a ten sentence ring. He would do it. You know, he has always been my favorite so far. I am completely biased, but I will agree with you on that 100%. Mm-hmm. And we have hit the part of the show where we have a second game we like to play here. We call it Bring on the Choice, Bring on the Funk. I will okay. ask you a series of two options, and the one that is your personal favorite is the answer. There's no right or wrong answers. Are you prepared to play around round of Bring on the Choice, Bring on the Funk? I'm ready. Here we go. Boots or barefoot? Boots. Cage match or last man standing match? Last man standing. Pin or submission? Pin. Strawberry or apple? Strawberry. St. Patrick's Day or Halloween? Halloween. Body slam or snapmare? Snapmare. Randy Orton or Randy Savage? Ooh. Savage. Tights or singlet? Tights. All right. Well, that concludes that particular game. Sweet. Speaking of tights and singlets, one of the key things that a wrestler has to have is their ring gear. A lot of people put in a lot of effort to have immaculately made ring gear, whether it's tights or trunks or a singlet or what have you. A lot of people will spend a lot of money to look just right. Do you have a particular set go-to when it comes to where you get your gear? Um, so my normal right now, I've been using Elucha just because I'm, I'm a simple guy. Um, I go, I didn't need anything too spectacular at the time when I started uh, buying my gear. Um, I'm actually working on getting custom, uh, a custom design now. And actually, when you when I do get that gear, it'll actually be um, Spoiled Princess, uh, my manager, who has actually done all my designs. Um, I actually have stickers made that you can get at, you know, any CPW uh, show. She's done those. She's done multiple designs for me that eventually when I uh, my gear is done and created, it will, the designs you see on it are hers. Um, I just, I've done, I've, you know, adapted my um, character a lot. It's evolved um, to the final form of what I am right now. So I didn't want to do anything too crazy with ring gear until I was, like, set in who I was. Because, again, Ring gear's not cheap, and I didn't want to get some custom gear that I'm only going to wear a couple times and then character change, you know? So I wanted to wait till I knew who I was, and I'm kind of I'm setting the good sun. I know who I am. So now I have a, a, a part where I know what I want to do. So uh, I eventually um, – I'm still looking for a ring gear creator. Um, I've gotten a couple um, uh, people that have told me, so I'm going to look into that. It's just um, – 
you know, finding the time to send everything and get everything how I want it. But Lucha was my go-to for the longest time. I discussed the grappling division a little while ago, but even if someone is not in the grappling division per se, most wrestlers have that favorite hold, whether they use it very often or not, or if they just break it out on occasion, or if they like to train and use that hold just so they have it perfected in case the situation arises. Most people have that pet hold that is their favorite to utilize. Do you have such a hold? Um, I have two, actually. So uh, the Anaconda Vice was always my go-to submission, Um, and then I've been working on doing the Dragon Sleeper. So um, those, I've always been one that work the head, work the neck, you know. Um, So I've always, when it comes to submissions, I've always been more of like, you know, one of my favorite submissions was the Dragon Sleeper that Undertaker used to use when he was American Badass. And then also the uh, the Triangle Holds are the Hell's Gate that he used. So, um, and then the Anaconda Vice from CM Punk. Even though necessarily Punk's not one of my favorites right now, I still like the submission. So, and it's it's simple to put on. Um, so I look for like simpler submissions that are still devastating. So those are my two two go tos uh, for right for now. Might throw some more in later on. Um, I mean, obviously a good armbar is always good. But if I had to choose, it's either the Anaconda Vice or the um, Dragon Sleeper. On the flip side of that, there's usually a hold or a move that a wrestler most fears having used against him, whether it's like a high-impact move or a submission or something that's going to target a nagging injury. They just despise that move or hold. Do you have one of those? Um, Anything to do with my knees. Um. Uh, you know, the needy T where someone, you know, they grab their knees, slam it on the mat or um, any leg submissions where, it, you know, the figure four most of the time, stuff like that. So anything that nags at my knees, which probably shouldn't, but those are more my fears because of, you know, like I said earlier, my knees being dislocated during a match, you know, those that's my, you know, daunting injury of, you know, for the longest time, my knees have always been, you know, not necessarily my weak point, but not necessarily my strong point either. Looking down the road several years, do you see a time where you're going to transition into something else within wrestling? Do you see a point where maybe you'd like to get into the promotional aspect or training the new crop of wrestlers or managing, anything like that that is down the road for you? Um, I mean, obviously, uh, I want to wrestle as long as I can. Um, if I did get hurt to where I couldn't, um, I've always thought about being a manager. Um, I would just have to find, again, the right client that fits with me, that I would fit with him. Um, if it came down to where, you know, I had to be promotion or promoter, like, you know, um, I would more than willing, um, I wouldn't mind ever having my own you know, company along if, you know, it comes time. 
But for right now, obviously, I want to stick with wrestling. But if I had a choice, I would uh, outside of it, I'd probably choose a manager or something like that. Yeah. One of the other roles in wrestling is something that is possibly the hardest thing to do, and that is the live over-the-PA commentary. A lot of promotions in the last five years have started doing this. It's incredibly hard to do well. A lot of people struggle with being able to do it and not detract from what's actually happening with the wrestling aspect of it. Do you personally like having commentary done over the PA? Um, I don't mind it. Um, I'm able to kind of tone it out if I need to. Um, uh, during my match and stuff, obviously, like if I'm doing a promo and they talk to me, I'll, I'll talk back because it's just kind of fun banter. Um, during my match, I can easily tone it out for the most part. Um, I, I think it just depends on the person who's in the match. If they let the commentary distract them, well, then you got to, you know, one-up on them. But I don't mind it um, as long as it's, you know, not taking away from the match and making them, you know, where they're putting the, all the attention on them. I think that it also that's another thing is it depends on who the people on commentary are. If they're trying to get the focus on them and take away from the match, then – they, that, you know, they shouldn't be commentating. But if it's, you know, people that can talk about the match, not take focus off of it, I think it, it's a great idea. It, it just depends on who's on commentary for me. At any point in your career, have you had someone doing commentary and they said something that did grab your attention and distract you from what was going on for whatever reason? Um, I did once. It was the uh, start of my career when I was obviously still a younger kid. I was, I want to say, 17 at the time. Uh, so it was like my first year. Um, someone made a joke about, can't remember, I think I was, um, this was at the time when I was going by Hummingbird, and uh, he made a joke about, oh, this Hummingbird can't fly, something like that, and it just kind of distracted me. And I'm like, what? Because I was really going up to the top rope when he's like, oh, oh, he's, oh, yeah, I remember now. I was getting up to the top rope. He's like, oh, the hummingbird can fly, and it kind of distracted me, and I got knocked off. Uh, so, but other than that, I've been able to, like, put my main focus back in. So there was, that was about the only one time I can remember about it really actually getting me distracted. Now, tomorrow night, speaking of distractions, your opponent will have – John Davidson as a manager. John Davidson has been looking at talent for a while now. He has signed with Cyrus, and he definitely got involved last show in your match. What are you going to be looking to do in order to counteract anything that John Davidson might have nefariously designed for your match? Um. So for the long run, I've I've been expect you know I knew John was going to be there. Um, I like I said I adapt to everything. I'm not I'm not expecting him not to try to get involved. Um, I just know that he's a lot his uh, bar is a lot bigger than his bike. 
Um, so he's a lot of talk and, you know, he's, he's done a couple things here and there, you know, last show he did hit me a couple of times, but, um, I will say that, you know, I, I have, I always have a backup plan. Um, if he tries to, you know, get involved, there's always a, you know, plan B. So I'm expecting it. Um, hopefully he does just stay out of it and he lets me and Cyrus just go one-on-one and let the match be the match. If he does get involved, um, he, I have a, a couple little toys for him to, um, you know, have that he can feel the, the pain of. So if he wants to do that, you know, if, you know, he wants to be, feel some pain, then, you know, I'll, I'll deliver it to him. I'm not, I'm not afraid of, you know, like I said, he might be a psycho, but uh, I dealt, I've dealt with psychos my whole life. So, uh, I've dealt with psychos, bullies, you name it. You know, I'm not the biggest guy, but I'm also not the, I'm not afraid of anything and not, I won't back down. So I do have a couple of plans in action if he does try to get involved. Well, we're down to the last few minutes of the show, and I want to make sure that you have ample time if there is anything that you want to say to the listeners, if you want to plug and promote absolutely anything from social media to merchandise to appearances to your favorite barbecue restaurant, anything in the world, the floor is yours. All right. So, obviously, like we've been talking about, tomorrow, Merkwood, uh, Arlington, Washington, it's CPW's horror business. It's uh, five to seven. Come out, come see us. Um, we always love the support. Um, I will be at Inclusion in Kelso, Washington, November 25th. Uh, socials, um, Facebook is just Andrew Michelson. If you want to go to that page, like it. My Instagram is, uh, believe. Should let me look real quick. Should be it's Andrew Michelson 32 for Instagram. Uh, TikTok is the same. Uh, then that, that's about the only socials I have. Or, well, it's the Good Son 32 for uh, TikTok. I forgot I changed it to the Good Son instead of just Andrew Michelson. Um, but, yeah, if you – anything like that, um, if you uh, enjoy hearing my lovely voice, I – me and my my cousin actually do a podcast as well called Talk Nerdy to Me. Um, it's on Spotify. If you want to hear my voice there, we talk about random stuff, not just wrestling, um, but everything else. Uh, like I said, social media wise, it's it's either the Good Son 32 or Andrew Michelson 32 um, for uh, Instagram, TikTok, and then my normal my Facebook page is Andrew Michelson. Uh, just it's just that, um, and yeah, that's about the uh, only social medias I have for that. Um, like I said, come out uh, tomorrow at the Merkwood Inclusion um, at the Rain Church, November 25th. And then I'll know more dates later down the road. Um, if you want, like I said, if you want to keep track of me, just follow my Instagram or my uh, Facebook, and you'll have all that uh, info. I I constantly po- uh, post matches and stuff when I'm on a show uh, for Facebook. So yeah, that's about all I can think of. <laughs> all right. Well, good son. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We appreciate it greatly. Best of luck. Tomorrow, as you head to Arlington to face Cyrus, and best of luck as you continue onward in your career. Thank you. Uh, I enjoyed being on. Thank you for having me. Hopefully, you know, I can be on again. (laughs) Absolutely. We'll definitely do this again. Fans, 
Go check them out on the social medias. Look them up on the YouTube. Great young talent. So make sure you get on the bandwagon early. We will be back with you Sunday afternoon. We have Suma Awoke with us. He is a great Native American wrestler out of the southwest part of the country. Holds the Native American Championship. We are going to be him. And then one week from this very day, Tom Simon out of Arkansas will be with us. He is a promoter, ring announcer, referee, CAC, lifetime member. He has a lot of hats in the business. We're looking forward to talking with him as well. Everybody stay safe out there. Go out there. Support your local independents wherever they may be near you. And we will talk to you soon.